When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 87 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Willie, a lot of football in the books, a lot of stuff going on in wrestling uh, this past weekend. Um, Let's check in. What's up, Willie? Very emphatic opening. Was it emphatic? Was it up to your standards? It was good. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, I... uh, you watch that game last night? I, I did most of it. What after the um, onside and the touchdown, um, I was like, "Well, this is over," so I stopped. I went up to bed and got a little extra 15, 20 minutes of sleep because you know that's quite late for me, Willie. You realize that, right? I know. I saw you tweet something about the game, and I think I was thinking, "Man, he's really going above and beyond today." I am. Well, I figured we. You know, if something crazy happened, I didn't want to be like, yeah, I didn't watch it. So, um, a great game, great game, great weekend of football, great weekend of uh, of wrestling. And it was the one night where rankings actually. Normally, I'm up till eleven or so, maybe twelve, getting the rankings up. And there's a whole process after they're finished. But I was actually done at a reasonable hour. But then I had to stay up and watch watch football. So, first world problems so, there. Um, tough, tough week for you, right? Because it was hard. Uh, Bo Nickel lost, so you had to you had to think about what you're going to do at number one there. And El Chapo got captured. That yeah, and that was that was the tougher one, obviously. Um, th- no, it was it was really funny. Um, you'd you'd have thought you know I had a new kid or something with all the texts and tweets that came my way when when El Chapo was was captured because um, I I guess people really resonate or really they associate me with El Chapo now, which I guess is, is kind of cool. Did, but you, hear about, did you hear about the Sean Penn interview? This is ridiculous. And this is so, I almost got away with it. You know, remember that show we talked about and we talked about my dreams of, of one day having to be on the run. Remember this conversation, Willie? And they always make some stupid, selfish, critical error, whether it's their um, living situation, uh, 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 you know, a person they may take in and, well, how did he get caught? I didn't read anything about how he got well, caught. Well, he, he um, you know, he's trying to make a, a movie about himself. And uh, Sean... That's how he got caught? He wanted, like, a Narcos-style biopic or whatever about him. And that selfishness, that ego, and Sean Penn, you know, got, got him caught. Is, is Sean Penn a borderline... Did Sean Penn get him caught? 
No, no. I don't no. I don't think so. I mean, I think the circumstances around him like reaching out and trying to have a film made about him while he's supposed to be completely off the grid um, had stuff had more to do with it. But I don't think Sean P- Sean Penn was going to like interview him and stuff. And oh, he, he did interview. him. Yeah, I think the Sean Penn thing was over with. He that, had an interview. That's kind of ridiculous, right? Like is I get yeah. I get journalism, but at some point you are like harboring a horrible, horribly violent criminal that needs to be locked away. Like, right. Sean, does, does Sean Penn get any heat for that? I haven't really seen the fallout from that. He got he got heat. Thing is, I didn't read the article. I didn't even read the details about El Chapo's capture. I read an article about um, journalists, other journalists, other magazines, criticizing Sean Penn and Rolling Stone for the way they handled it. Like, I guess they told El Chapo, you know, he could he could take out parts of the, you know, he, he could look at it and say, no, I don't want that in there. And, Wow. And, and they were like, well, that's not, there's no journalistic integrity there. And, oh, shut up. The guy, I mean, they're getting a freaking interview with a felon on the run, the most notorious felon. All that, look, man, take your journalism degree and put it where the sun don't shine. I, like, oh, it, listen to him. It's a, all that stuff about, uh, well, you didn't go to, you know, jur- the, the, the journalistic way would be to do this. All right, well, don't sell papers. Yeah, yeah, true, true. That's why newspapers are going out of business because they, they won't adapt with the times. All right, so yeah, El Chapo, they're gonna try to get him to the United States. You know, we have a maximum security prison not far from where I live, Willie. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you never know. Probably won't end up there, but uh, you can't rule it out, right? Um, what if he tunnels right to the piles? <laughs> right into the basement. Okay, so we do this show from a basement. What if El Chapo tunnels into our, into our basement and like holes up here for a night? And occasionally is a guest on FRL. And ag- <laughs> then I'm like Sean Penn, but you know what? I'm not gonna let him, um, you know, edit out whatever he says. It's gonna be unfiltered. We're gonna use it. He's not gonna get that. I'm not gonna give him the pen treatment. All right, Christian. There were a lot of fights this weekend. What is going on? Is it, all right? Well, here's the question: Is this like normal? And maybe we're just a little more in tune with it right now? Or are there just a lot of, like, punches getting thrown in wrestling? I don't know. This... Maybe it's it's that... I don't know. Maybe it's that time of year. You know, Maybe kids it, are it's an election a little bit year. chippy. They're tired. They're... I, I don't know. It's yeah, it's an election year. The primary's coming up. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of stress. A lot of stress. These guys are worried. But Ronaldo Rodriguez Spencer punched Ian Miller. Uh, Mike Pongratz and somebody got into... Who was it? You, uh, no, I think you're wrong Matt. about that. Ty, it was Tyler Smith and um. Oh, oh no, it was Pongratz. There was Pongratz and 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 Matt Kraus, I think. Okay, yeah, and I didn't. Or no, no. Uh, Robbie Mathers. Oh, Robbie Mathers. Robbie Mathers. No relation to Mark. Zach Haran got DQ'd for something. I don't know. Tyler Smith. Tyler what? Smith. Bucknell and who was it? Tatulo. Uh, Tatulo. They. Yeah, so that decided the duel. Yeah. He was Did you he, know that? he majored him. The match was over. The match was over, he majored him. And I actually just wa- got to watch it this morning. And it was I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty innocuous for a flagrant misconduct. Like Yeah, a flagrant misconduct. Flagrant misconduct. I mean, it was like the match was over. He Tyler had won, so I didn't really get it, but he kinda like 
not even slap, but just kind of gave him a little across the headgear whack after it was over. And he went, he went flagrant. I mean, it was like completely unnecessary, but yeah. man, I mean, you're, you're costing the duel. So it went from, yeah, it went from a major, it went from a major to a DQ, 10 point swing. And it was the last match of the duel, right? And that won it for, uh, for Buck or for Kent State. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Kent State had a lot of drama this weekend that, uh, what was his name? Um, beating Greg Flournoy with the last second. Greg was just like had his hands on his knees with like three seconds left. They just assumed overtime. Uh, Sparkman. Sparkman. Casey Sparkman. And he just got blast doubled for, for two. It was crazy. Weird. But yeah, what are these, the, the genesis of these fights? And you know, it all, it parallels with football, Willie, because. Well, I play Marvin Lewis. You, I, I think we have to. I think, I think Marvin is a little bit culpable here. Um, so we saw. I like, think that's stupid. I now I go back and forth with it. Like, you know, coaches, you you have to acknowledge, right? Yeah, he didn't go out there. He can't stop Pac-Man Jones and and Vontez Perfect from doing stupid things. But at the same time, you and you do believe, Willie, that coaches can instill a certain culture and standards, right? Sure, I I can I believe that, and I believe also that um, you know. Cincinnati was one of those teams that, that uh, you know, has a reputation for being undisciplined. And, and those two guys that a lot of teams stay away from, those are team leaders. You know, right. that that is that a little dangerous that that Pac-Man Jones um, would be a, and Vontez Perfect are te- team leaders. Has been Pac-Man Jones has been a good soldier for a long time. Yeah. He has not been in trouble for a long time. Five years ago, eight years ago, sure, but he's been good and. The the perfect one, that was a football play. It was it stupid to give an arm shiver when he didn't have to. Yeah, that was stupid, but like, that's borderline. And Pittsburgh should have been, Pittsburgh should have had the penalty for freaking Joey Porter's not allowed on the field. Yeah, what was that about? Also, they have a coach pulling a. It, the whole game was a, was a disaster. So but, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I you agree. have to. But I mean, Marvin, you you can't say Marvin is completely. Without blame here. I don't think you should be, like, fired for it. But how your team behaves and the poise in which they compete with, and, I mean, you just have to understand what is at stake. I mean, can't you see beyond the moment if you're perfect or if you're Pac-Man? Like, just, it's their only shot is for you to do something completely idiotic. So bring that to wrestling how much culpability is is on the coaches when you have, um, you know, athletes completely out of pocket? Um, and Rodriguez Spencer was probably the most uh, egregious one with his, with his punch. Well, I mean, Ian Miller, Ian Miller shoved him, but I mean, there's shoves all the time. All the, I mean, you, know, you see a shove every duel, at like a minimum. When person when a person's letting you up, there's a little chippiness. You know, you always see that. Hand on the back of the head. Wrestlers always do it. It's kind of. It's like um, a just kind of a sort of kind of punking the other guy. Yeah. Uh, Asserting your dominance, kind of. Right. Um, and I, but I didn't think that what Ian Miller did warranted a punch. Right. No. So I I don't either. I don't either. I I I thought. I don't know, but but do you blame? I mean, I don't think you blame Kevin Jackson for that. I don't think you blame. 
Esslinger or, or Zeke Jones for what happened in that match. I mean, uh, no, I don't think you blame the coach at all. And I don't think you blame Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. And here's what I'll say. Here's why you blame Marvin a little. Is there kind of an undisciplined nope. uh, undisciplined team? So it's a pattern. Is it a pattern at Iowa State? No. Is it a pattern at UTC, Arizona State, Bucknell? Not in my opinion. I haven't seen that. So it's not like these, they've got a bunch of guys running around, um, you know, doing this kind of stuff. But Cincinnati, yeah, it's not a disciplined team. And that's cultural. And that culture uh, comes from the head coach. So, yeah, he's a little culpable there, Willie. Uh, he's, he's in charge. Okay. How many How many times did Perfect or Pac-Man Jones have a flagrant fouls? I mean, what is the Personal smoke, fouls? I don't they know. They smoke weed and stuff, right? I mean, that's not exactly personal fouls. That's not exactly on-the-field stuff. They smoke weed? Pac-Man does? I mean, yeah. I, I thought he just makes it rain and then shoots up a strip club. I thought that was he, he, he does that sometimes, too. <laughs> Every now and again at the NBA All-Star game. Okay, so... Yeah, they're they're not, but just not high character guys. Um, maybe Pac-Man Jones and and Joey Porter should take it to Street Beefs. What would you think about that, Willie? Street Beefs. If you don't know, Street Beefs is a backyard brawl type MMA stuff. In Christian's, Christian holds it in his backyard, <laughs> and <laughs> no, he doesn't. It's 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 down the street from him. He's actually had. A wrestler that he used to coach is in Street Beefs. It's this podunk league, like MMA league, and it was on the New York Times. So basically, they take actual beefs and guys that want to take it to a level that would be very dangerous with with guns, and they have these like organized fights in this guy's backyard. And like, so the New York Times like came and did, and we Willie and I would like kind of watch and just laugh just because it's it's really funny and these guys are just awful fighters. Oh, terrible! And fighting. they they all have they, is... they all have hilarious nicknames. Um, the you know what what is one of them? You know the Iraqi assassin or something like that. They all have just awful yeah. like like, like no, they're great nicknames. Great nicknames. They they are amazing. So anyways, we just you know make what? make fun of Watching... it. Watching bad fighting is sometimes more entertaining. Than That's watching. what that like, is my entire like point. Watch, bad watching bad Greco is a lot more entertaining than watching good Greco. Yeah, because those guys are so hard to score on. All right, so just a couple of the best nicknames. There's Bone Breaker. There's Fire Slayer. Um, John Blaze. Um, <laughs> uh, Angel Hurricane. That's their a, their that's nicknames are way better than their fighting skills. Oh, far better. Far better. Robo Redneck is probably my favorite. Robo Redneck. But anyway, this little podunk thing in Christian's backyard made it all the way to the New York Times. Right. New York Times Chris, did a, very, an um, entire piece on it. Proud of that. I, I am. Well, I I feel I feel responsible because we've talked about it on, on FRL before, Willie. And, you know, no one was giving Street Beefs any love until, until we did. So I just think, um, you know, we, we deserve a little credit for making – Street beefs go mainstream, and I hope they just remember where they came from. I would like to see like a street, like a wrestling version of street beefs, where you could just, I don't know, two people in the wrestling community. <laughs> maybe, maybe you and Jammins. I no, no, thank you. You know, um, Eric Guerrero really wanted me in the pirate 
Seton Hall Pirate to have a wrestling match. He was really excited about it. He really wanted you guys to wrestle. He, at, uh, were you there when he was talking about that? He really, yes. he really thinks it's going to be a, it would be a, a very entertaining bout. Yep. Um, what do you think about that? You think he could take down the pirate? <laughs> Willie, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I refuse. Ah, seeing how pirate. Hey. Hey. All right. Let's. We've we've talked a lot about about uh, extracurricular stuff, right? That, that was 15 minutes of periphery at best. <laughs> yeah. Borderline I, periphery. We we can. I I binge watched. Uh, Making, Making a murder. murder. I, we could talk about that all day, but no, let's talk about real. Let me finish it. We'll finish that in the next couple of days, and we can, we can. All right, real wrestling stuff. Me and Kyle Bradkey did Whiteboard Wars last week, and I said on Whiteboard Wars that uh, Brody Grothis has had more pages on message boards written about him than career matches. <laughs> and oh, well, that's not true. Uh, that's pretty close to being factual. Maybe the last two years. Um, but he lost twice this weekend. So the, again, we talked about last show. Um, Brody Grothis is a guy that Iowa people were hoping could, might be the answer to 141, but he came back this weekend and the Hawkeye fans were a little on their message boards. They were a little, um, up and down, there was a little bit of conflict of, um, well, why is why is growth his first time back? He's going to a, you know, a small division three ish type tournament. Yeah. Uh, now you know. He needs to wrestle, he 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 needs to wrestle upper echelon competition, and the the, the converse to that that the, um, the other side of that coin was. Well, he needs to get his feet wet. He needs to get reassimilated to the seven-minute match college thing. So uh, Brody ended up going one and two. Mm. Lost, and lost to two to Wisconsin guys. Two Wisconsin true freshmen. He lost to Cole Martin. And he lost to uh, Eli Stickley. Um, As a reference point, Cole Martin was tech followed by Keyshawn Hayes, sixteen to one this year, uh, beaten by Leroy Barnes, five four, ten two major by Ian Mickle, Nickel. Lost to Trey Blackwell. Not been. Uh, it, it's not like Cole Martin is a, you know, bona fide D one rankable guy. So it's it's not it's not good for Brody. But you know what can you? We know the guy can wrestle, right? He can beat really good wrestlers. It's a question of health, one, and ability to compete at a weight he has never competed at collegiately, right? Well, yeah, yep, and I guess from the description of things, um, he made two big errors, both from top, uh, hanging on a little bit too long, trying to ride, didn't get, he let his hips get a little too low from the top position. Uh, that's the way it sounded anyway, I don't know. So, may, you know, maybe he just needs to clean some things up, maybe he just needs to get his timing back, his feel back in, in actual competition as opposed to practice. Um, who knows, but it wasn't like a, a – great you know there, there was the there was the possibility that because you don't know what you're going to get and i said that in whiteboard wars when when kyle was like well who are you taking at 41 you know uh, uh i'm not taking a guy that there's so many questions about so many. um he hasn't been out there right so um you didn't know what you were going to get you didn't know if you're going to get kale sanderson or or um a guy that's been on the shelf for a year and a half um so, 
there was the possibility. Nobody really knew what was going to happen. There was a possibility that he goes to this tournament and he texts everybody. Right. And there's also the possibility that he goes one and two. And it just happened to be the one and two spot. So is is he ineffective at 41? Is he not going to be um, potential help to the Hawkeye lineup? Or is he just starting his comeback process now? Here's so, the thing. It, if <laughs> it's January, right? Like, he's not going to get a lot of other opportunities to wrestle. I mean, the season's halfway done now. So it's like you really want to start this figuring it out process in November, but injuries and whatever prevented that. So it's just not – I don't know. I, I struggle, and I, I'm i not one to just, like, make one tournament be the story, but I struggle to see how this ends well for, for Brody if this is where he's at right now. Even if this is where he's at right now – how much better can he be in you know two months? And he's got to qualify to be mm-hmm. you know he's got to make the NCAA tournament. They don't just like let you come because you once beat Jason Sertzis. Like you have to have done things this year. And right now, as of as of right now, like I would, would I they would not have right. They would have to do, spot, right? they would have to do it at Big Tens, whatever the allotment is. And that's one thing about the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> The qualifying spots is determined before the conferences. Right, but, well... You have to essentially steal one. But yeah, so if there's seven or eight... I mean, the Big Ten is probably going to have quite a few. I mean, they do for almost every weight every year. And I know, but what I'm saying is if you have a good enough season, you allot yourself that for the Big Tens beforehand. Right. As, addition, as opposed to stealing one from somebody else there. Yeah, okay. And, you I'm know, it's, get- it's not that best weight at the Big Ten. You know, I only have four guys ranked, which is not super high. You know, a guy like Gaska could make a fifth, and maybe Sabatello, Baby J. So there's six, seven. I could see seven spots allotted, maybe eight with George Fisher. You don't even have, I mean, you're not even talking about, do you have Gulliban ranked? Oh yeah, Gulliban's not ranked. So yeah, he'll go, I mean, he's a definitely going to earn a qualifying spot. Um, so man, there's maybe eight. He's got to finish top eight or nine. Um, if he can get to some semblance of form, you know, that's, that's absolutely possible. But right now, man, he is not near that, that form that the Hawkeyes had, really need him. Topher Carton go this but, week. But you know, Topher beat Brock Irvin this week. Um, Topher has been pretty rough this year, but that's a nice win. Um, Brock Irvin actually got himself ranked despite that loss. Cause he beat Steve Blees and has been relatively solid. All year long, um, with his, his worst losses being like Laster, who's pretty good, and Carton. So Irvin's now ranked, so that's a nice win for Carton. And, and maybe you guys start thinking that's going to be your guy. Apparently, Logan Ryan can't make forty-one anymore. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's. It's not good for 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 the Hawkeyes right now, but there's still time, and there's maybe a couple more opens. Well, it's not good can... at forty-one, right? I mean, right? Yeah, at forty-one, Hawkeyes are great. Yeah. So from one situation at a powerhouse in Iowa to another loss um, to a, to somebody at another powerhouse, Bo Nickel, number one in the country, lost to Nate Jackson. He did. Did you get to, did you get to watch the match, Christian? I watched it. Watched it uh, a couple times. And um, what, how do I say this? Nate Jackson, Indiana, Christian, what was he ranked beforehand? Twelfth. At the time of that Nate, match? Yeah, Nate Jackson's good. Nate Jackson's yeah. good. 
Um, I I thought, what I mean, you know, Bo, Bo has been going for it all year long, right? And it's why he's ranked so high is because he kind of he'll he'll go upper body, and you know, the first time this year it really bit him. And you know what? If I, I think you learn a little from it, but I mean, if I'm if I'm Kale Sanderson, am I discouraged? one iota from that performance that was not a dud performance that was a here's how it went in a nutshell take down bow beautiful throw by gives up the escape goes upper body throws himself on his back gets caught in double overs gives up six points nearly uh gets the i mean he really he really put himself on his back he literally put himself on his back wasn't it wasn't even like a counter it was like Bo put himself on the on his back, thinking he could roll through with it, and he couldn't. Right, right. And and Jackson and Jackson's length, I'll say this much: Jackson's length did give him some some trouble. I think in that situation, I think it gave him trouble just in finishing. He's lanky, he's flexible, and Bo was on his legs well, for um, you know probably four minutes trying to finish. Yeah, it's hard to finish on somebody. Somebody at Flow, I forget who it was, one of our buddies here at Flow, was like, well, I can't believe they didn't call Jackson for stalling more. Well, the, the thing that, the tough thing about that was when uh, Bo was in on his legs the entire time after yeah. that point. Yeah. And so when were you going to call stalling? You couldn't really, And he did like, get hit for, you know, he gave up a stall point. So right. not like he wasn't hit, it's just how... The frequency in which it was almost worse that Bo was getting to like he'd been better off just taking half right. shot, half just shot, pushing. half shot, and and getting him out of bounds. Which, yep. So for me, you can't call a guy stalling when the other guy's in on a single. Right, right. That's just not how it works. Now you can t- call it when as he's shooting, maybe. But so you know what? What can what did Nate Jackson really prove? He was, bet in what aspect? You know, he countered a throw, and that was. What do you have him up? Um, he moved up to the A, oh, six spot, six spot. He passed, um, Rebuto. So, I mean, he's been good this year, you know, his only loss is to Brunson, I believe. Maybe he's lost to one other guy. So Brunson, who's ranked third right now. So yeah, it's, um, now you you may say, well, why is, so you're, it sounds like you're making excuses for Bo. You're saying, you know, he was still better. True. That's not why he's still number one though. That had nothing to do the, – the way he won has nothing to do with it. If he had been, you know, thrown on his back and pinned, it, it wouldn't have mattered. He would still be ranked number one right now. It's just his ledger, right? It's his ledger. Yeah, I mean, why – how could Zach Epperly or Zach Brunson pass him? Because um, – well, first of all, Zach Epperly has wrestled like three matches this year. Uh, one of them was a loss to, to Bo Nickel. So he right. doesn't – if Zach had been wrestling all year, I really think he would be the number one guy because this is a guy, he's beaten Wilps, Brown, Crutchmer, Butler. Like, no, no one really has as good wins as Epperly, but he's not wrestling. So I'm, I'm not going to give him the number one spot over a guy who's beaten, you know, four top ten guys and beaten, like, seven ranked wrestlers this year. Um, he's earned that. I'm not going to say it's a mulligan. He was just that far ahead of everyone at 174 that the field got a little closer, but he's still he's still in first place. I mean, Zach Brunson, I don't know what other rankers are going to do. 
Uh, but I hope they don't go the Zach Brunson route. The guy has two ranked wins this year. He beat Jackson, who I guess that's something you could say, well, common opponent win over Nate Jackson, fine. Okay, he has one top 10 win and Jonathan Schleifer. He just hasn't he hasn't faced hardly anybody that's that's comparable to Bo. Um, the the resumes just really I, aren't, aren't similar at all. Yeah, you I, would I now think, you. I don't know what you would do. You would probably have dropped him because you you he, hurt you did this to uh, Dayton Fix when he when he lost after accumulating seventy six good wins. He had a bad, but he lost twice, so maybe yeah, it's different. but yeah, he lost twice, and that was pound he for lost, pound. He lost twice, and he lost twice, and you. You do it. College season is different. You, college season is is contained. When you're talking about rankings, you're talking about college rankings this season. Yeah. Right. For the most uh, part. Yeah. And and I don't do that. I like is like career wins or you know recency recency takes precedent. Recency holds more weight, but um, you go back quite a ways and. I mean, for, I think you made the absolute right decision. I mean, how can, in what, in what spectrum is Zach Epperly deserve a higher ranking than Bo Nickel? I mean, yeah. uh, he's two and one this season yeah. or something. Like that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm All with right. you. All right, cool. So yeah, that was. I mean, that was the. It was a big deal, I guess, and the fact that it happened and it was a loss to the number one ranked guy. But for me, it changed nothing in my kind of. How I view Bo, how I view Nate, I think they're both really good. I think Bo is still the clear best guy at 74, both eyeball test and in like actual measurable results. So whatever, um, one loss, and uh, I, don't, I don't feel much different about those guys. It's a, it's a weird weight, and under normal circumstances, a uh, number one guy loses and, and they fall off. Um, but there has to be a, you know, we don't have a Thomas Gilman type of guy at number two or a, um, you know, or a Brandon Sorensen and they don't all have to be Iowa guys either. Ian Miller, Jason Nolf types. Those guys aren't waiting in the wings. It's Zach Epperly. It's Zach Bronson. Uh, it's different. So, so Bo's number one for now. If he loses again, Um, I'm sure he'll drop. Okay. Another, well, Hey, uh, there was a big, um, Another big match at that weight. I might as well stick with 74 for a second here and go Butler, Real Buto. Yep. Um, Real Buto beats Butler again. Uh, they hadn't wrestled this year. But it's, you know, Real Buto kind of back on the horse, gets a top five win. I'll tell um, you, I think that's a really good win for Real Buto coming off. He he did not look happy at the scuffle. Um, dropped a couple matches. Uh I just think it was a good rebound. It's tough to rebound, right? When you're, yeah, uh, it's tough to rebound over a quality guy like Blaze Butler. Yeah. So I, I think that's a good sign for Real Buto. Three three losses at the scuffle for Real Buto. I mean, that's crazy, right? Um, mm-hmm. So to see him, yeah, rebound. That's big. That's big for him, and um, you know, yeah, on on the right track for sure. That was a crazy duel. I wish I had how gotten. About, got yeah, how one. about that? I mean, they bump up Jaden, and I think is Brian Smith. I mean, do any other coaches bump up with the frequency that Brian does? I don't know, but they they, have the they do it in America. I mean, they so do it every year. Tell tell the people what the situation was. 
and how it played out. So um, I'm I'm sure they could they um Missouri, know. but I mean, the context was Missouri. Thirty-three match win streak has a has a long win streak, and this is coming down to the wire. It's coming down to and. You know, I don't think, and I think this is kind of the the genius of Brian Smith. Maybe like they probably weren't always planning on bumping Jaden and Miklas. Um, it was probably something like, well, you know, Barlow McGee lost to Macri. Um, mm-hmm. Probably didn't see that coming. And you know, if Blaze beats um, Rubuto, maybe you don't have to do this. You don't have to go to these lengths. But w- their back were backs were against the wall. They bump. Miklas up to 97, so he doesn't wrestle Dean. Dean texts um, the other Miklas, Tim. Willie be- wins at 97, but Jaden has to tech Jeremy Sweeney, who's a borderline top 20-ish guy. He's never been ranked, but he could be. Um, he's solid. And Jaden Jayden- texts him. with like As time's expiring, he gets the last takedown. The, the final sequence is all I've seen. But the Cornell coaches are jumping around, going crazy, just you know, knowing if he just holds on, they win. And he just gets the finish. Jaden goes crazy. The crowd goes crazy, and and they win the duel on that last second takedown from Jaden Cox. It was a, it was it was really cool. And cool. um, we we've seen Brian Smith do it last year. They bumped Jaden. It's crazy to have a chip like that that you can play. Like all right, we're bumping them. You know, we'll bump our ninety-seven to heavyweight. And he's gonna beat your guy. He beat Tavanello last year, and here he beat Sweeney. Like he's beaten decent heavyweights. Now. And it's one thing to, it's one thing to bump and get, beat you know a borderline rankable guy or, or low rank guy, but to attack him, to, that's crazy. Heck, I I, I want to watch the match. I don't, I mean he had to have gotten near fallen there, right? Uh, there was another situation where I mean, Ty Walls needed. Did he need a tech or a pin? He needed a tech. He needed a tech. A tech, tech would have He couldn't it. get it. He, I mean, he was frustrated. He couldn't get the turn. But there was another case where a match came down to heavyweight. Um, that was, yeah, that that duel was. How did, what, what did you make of, what did you make of Macri beating McGee? Honestly, I mean, if you had told me that coming into the season, I'd be like, well, of course he did. I mean, Macri had a great redshirt year. Um, McGee. Was was nothing but solid at best last year. Macri was supposed to win that match. Now, since the season started, they've gone in different directions. Barlow has beaten Zeke Moisey twice and a couple other ranked guys, and Macri has fallen out of the rankings. Didn't have a great scuffle. So, on paper, it was uh you know Barlow's the favorite, but I wasn't going to give him a, a big time nod there, like bonus point win or anything like that, because. Barlow keeps it close. He's a reattack guy. He's not going to create a ton of offense for himself. And and a guy like Macri is talented. He is good. Just hasn't been there this year. Now maybe I don't, he's starting to figure it out, starting to put it together. Maybe it was just a bad match by Barlow. But that that loss does not really surprise me all that much. And I was talking with someone about that that match, and I said, you can't you can't count out Macri here. I'm with, I'm with you. Like, before the season... Uh, I don't know if I all the way with you. Before the season, if you would have told me that Macri beat McGee, I would have been like, yeah, good, yeah, interesting. Um, but I probably still would have taken McGee at the beginning of the season. No, you wouldn't have. Yes, I think Stop I would have. Stop it. Um, no. There, there is nothing okay. on earth that would 
have, have led you to I mean Barlow didn't have any he was unranked to start the year because he hadn't hadn't beaten anybody he he lost to high schoolers at um, UWW juniors there was nothing but and, and Dalton Macro was coming off a great season a year ago you would not have said it you would not have said it uh, maybe I would have um, but anyway I'm with you after the scuffle after the season how the season played out no I that was surprising to me that Macri won yeah and uh so it's so you know where Cornell was really looking more and more every week it's like they've got these three big guns Nishan Rilbuto and Dean and then not a lot else but now maybe some of the supporting parts starting to come together um like Macri Palacios back he wrestled at 57 he beat Leroy There's, Barnes wait hold on a second okay are we sure that it was Palacio yeah how sure are we um I'm positive you're positive because every press release, every tweet that was sent said it was Chris Dowdy. Well, someone who was there told me it was Palacio. And the SID sent out Dowdy. I don't so know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I was told okay. Palacio by someone that was there. So. Um, it, well, I hope Palacio is back. I like watching him wrestle. Yeah. Uh, down at 57. His first match down at 57, too. All right, so we talked about an Iowa guy losing. We talked about a Penn State guy losing. How about a couple losses for another powerhouse in Ohio State? Ohio State kind of got woodshedded by Michigan. Yeah, it was one of those dual losses where the score is probably a little more misleading than the matches wrestled with them. Because if you lose, if you lose ten matches in tiebreaker two, um, you lose. 30 to nothing, and it looks like he got killed, but it was really close. So, to a lesser degree, um, yeah, Mi- Michigan put it on Ohio State. Hey, hey speaking of that, I'm going to interject real quick. Somebody on the Mac.com posted uh, a similar situation, right? Like, what you're talking about, you could lose 30 to 0 and lose every match 3 to 2 in overtime. Right. Right? And so, um, this poster is a really good poster, MSU something, MSU number, 158. 158. He, he, uh, he, was tweet, he posted about how close a duel was between two teams, I don't know, maybe Central Michigan and Ohio. And, and I said, this is precisely why duels are not meant for, to determine national titles. Yeah. And... And he was like, "Whoa, that's not where I was going with this at all," and and so the the core the, the tweets that came after that were all like, kind of tweeting, uh, uh, pro- professing the pros and cons of that statement that I said, right? Not good for duels to determine a title. Uh, do you agree or disagree with that? You're kind of talking about the same thing where the score was a little bit, um, not indicative of. I don't know. They're so matchup based. They're so. I mean. They're so matchup based, it, right? You know, in my in my opinion, you know, if my unranked guy, I made this point maybe last week, if my unranked guy pins your unranked guy, but neither of these guys even are factors in Division One yeah. scheme of things, yet they are having more impact than, more impact than, than the number one guy, number two guy, yeah, who, who earns three points for his team. Alex Daringer beats Bo Jordan, um, is is less valuable than. Unranked guy A pinning unranked guy B. So right. no, I mean I I love dual meets. Um, and I don't I wouldn't mind if there was a dual champion, but I as no, far that's, as that's exactly where I'm at. 
Like, I love Cool Meats. There's drama. Um, it's palatable. Somebody said somebody said something. I think it was Vac. Somebody said something to the effect where you know the outcome before it happens. That that's not true in a tournament format. But um, well, even if it is, so what? I mean, there's so much drama in a tournament. You're almost like, saying like I mean, you want, it, you want it to be set up so that there's some fluky results. <laughs> there's a possibility for an inferior team to beat a superior team. What? Why would why? you want that? Why? Okay. Why? Why would you want that? Right? That's what I'm saying. Why would you yeah. set? Why would you want something up so that there's a ch a chance of, of that's just uh, that's just like what? chaos for chaos sake. Like that's right. Just that's make what it exciting for. to be exciting, and but like you said, it's matchup based. Anyway, this whole rant is saying that I strongly feel that <laughs> duels are sometimes flukish and and matchup based, and not the proper format to determine a national title unless you're having unless there's a split season and there's a dual or, or unless there's a two different distinct national titles yeah yeah and that uh, you know obviously that's greedy but that would be awesome right like, more that, ideal right per, all right so sorry to hijack the michigan ohio state but when you said that uh made me think of it um so we're talking about michigan i think it was 2111 maybe yeah that sounds right um and UT wrestled Tomasello. Tough. Hey, yeah. speaking of fighting, there was another. You know, uh, UT kind of pushed him into the scoreboard thing. Dang, I don't know. I've seen. I've seen. That was uh, that's, a chippy. That's a. It's a bold strategy. I, we've watched Nathan Tomasello pound that heavy bag a couple of times. Yeah. Nathan doesn't thinking. get into that chippy stuff. Have you? No, ever, he doesn't. Who is? No. Who has ever? When, when UT when UT did that, I was like, hey, you don't want to. You don't want to make Nathan Tomasello's. And really, is Nathan that Nathan's not like Nathan is the most? Um, I mean, he is physical and everything, but he's not. He doesn't wrestle outside of those borders of, you know, legal. He's not getting those shoves on the edge. He's not pushing off your head. He's he's kind of all class. Maybe just a maybe just a, a psychological tactic by UT. Because normally Nathan. Well, doesn't... UT wrestled really tough. You can see I, I, UT hasn't had the greatest of seasons, but. Um, yeah. You could see that he was really focused uh, and energized. Tomasello, Tomasello kind of took ground, took ground in the first period. But UC Hand fought really well and stayed in there. I think it was a three-two match. Um, I don't know, adrenaline. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, just different. You know, it depends. You know, where each team's training cycle. Are they coming off a peak, or what are they trying to do? Who's getting up for? A match, and sometimes when you have a whole team that's just like maybe two pegs short of like their peak, and you have one team that's maybe one notch higher than normal, then you kind of get these yeah. kind of weird things. And I that's... talked this, I talked to Snyder, Brian Snyder, on the phone the other day too, and uh, it was like right before the, right before the Minnesota match, and I, you know, I said, um, I said, how's Abaddon, man? How's Abaddon? And he said, um. <laughs> You know, sometimes sometimes guys are up and sometimes guys are down. You, you know, the season's so long. Um, it's really hard to stay up for the duration of the season, you know? Yeah. Really... And uh, Abaddon wrestled, you know, Abaddon's darn good. He's very good. Uh, he just hasn't looked himself recently. And then this weekend he looked pretty darn good. Yeah, he so, beat, beat Thorne. So peaks and valleys, you know. Uh, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're not 100%. All right, let's try number three to get into this Michigan-Ohio okay. yes. Ohio State match. 
So yeah, we, we talked about Tomasello Yutzi. Bruno kind of handles DeJulius. DeJulius continues to, you know, puzzle everyone. You just never Boom. Been... Rossi Bruno, kaboom. Ka- uh, he kaboomed? He kaboomed. Like, seven seconds maybe? Yeah, immediately in on the shot. Lefty, lefty high crotch. Uh, he didn't get caught. Down, yeah. Rides him out, and it changed the whole complexion of the yeah, game. Yeah, and... and you know, JDJ, he kind of he can score off the scrambles. He can get to his holds, but if you if he's got to come from behind, it's kind of a it's it's not ideal. Although he did come from behind against De Camillo in a really weird match. Yeah. Um, so, so that that, was, that match was, happened. Micah looked good against George Fisher, and then here's the big one: Hunter Steber back for the Buckeyes. And did you get a, a ranked Pantaleo? Against the ranked like thirteenth Pentelio, tough guy to score on. I knew it would be a tough matchup for him. If if Hunter was Hunter, he would win it no problem. But Hunter was not, and maybe is not Hunter, and it didn't look good. It he didn't did. look. He didn't look crisp. Let me say that he didn't no. look crisp. I don't think he looked. You think he looked not great, right? I thought he looked rusty. Um, and who doesn't look rusty after missing half the season? I don't know. Well, what I'll say is this. It's tough with Hunter because Hunter is someone who he takes shots from like kind of like his brother. He, he takes shots that doesn't look like they're set up or, or anything, mm-hmm. but he just ends up on the leg and he finishes. He ends up on the leg and he finishes. And he was ending up on the legs, but he couldn't finish. But So it looks bad, right? And he's given up these go-behinds. But it's like that's kind of – now, Hunter has other stuff. He's good in the ties. He can hit a lot of pass-bys like Logan. But normally – Logan was so – don't you think – like if you look back at a guy that just like kind of ticks you off a little bit, like Logan ticks me off because uh, – <laughs> Tell us how you really I, feel. No, because – He didn't go 125. He's, he's so good, and I don't know how he does it. I would never tell Mike – if I was coaching kids, I would tell them not to wrestle on their feet like Logan Steber because he just shoots with no setups, and he scores every freaking time. Like maybe no, I, no other human can do that. No, there's it's next level setups that we can't. We're not on that Jedi level to understand. Is that right? Is that I, what it is? I'm gonna, I uh, yeah, I think so. I just think like there's things going on. There's things that he sees that no one maybe else can see unless you're on that like savant status like Logan. And he shoots, and I'm like, no, there's no setup there, and then he scores. Then he scores. And I'm like, okay, yeah, keep doing that. Keep doing that, Logan. So, Hunter, Hunter didn't look good. He gave up two go behinds. It's not like Pantelio was taking him down like with his own That's, stuff. It was two counter saying. takedowns. Yeah. Two counter takedowns, that was it. Hunter could get out on bottom. Hunter has been um, top disinterested for much of his career, and he looked that way again. So, I, I don't know, man. It's like, how strong are his arms like can he pull in those those leg attacks anymore i don't know i don't know it it was not it did not instill a like with brody to a lesser degree uh, i don't see this like turning around 180 degrees and hunter steber is going to be a top four guy you know it's you know i know that you're and they a have to have him there i i know you're i guess I don't want to say bearish, but you think the odds are tougher for the chances are longer for Ohio State. You think I, I give I give almost everybody a shot. Like the, I give the top five teams a shot. Yeah, um, yeah. I just yeah. 
you can't because I don't know. I I I always say the NCAA uh, NCAA tournament things change on a dime, man. They do. Uh, they do. And so I don't rule out any crazy possibility. I didn't think. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I thought Ohio State was going to win last year. But anyway, um, and Miles Martin loses, right? So how contingent upon is it Hunter and Miles the X factor? I mean. Snyder's coming back. Uh, how good does Hunter have to be? And how good does Miles have to be for Ohio State to win it? They have to be pretty good. They have to be pretty dang good. I mean, right now they are in ter- tournament points, no bonus. They're 32 behind um, behind Penn State. So that's a lot. So they, they, they need – they need, uh, they're getting none from Hunter right now. And – kind of you're seeing why and miles is scoring basically negligible points at 15 which is like one or two so they're not getting much there if they can get them into the top four range yeah and is that possible you know maybe i i just i can't predict that i mean you know miles lost to mahomes and you can say what you want about that match that it was all miles it was all miles who's shooting mahomes should have been warned for stalling facts yes Yes, he should have, but he lost. He did not. He couldn't get the finishes. Would I predict Miles in the rematch every single time? But you know, the match happened and he lost. So those are going to be matches in. That's going to be a round two match in NCAA's. You know? Did you? <laughs> two things. One, Mahomes didn't do much. Uh, uh, correct. And two, did you see the way that match started? I made. <laughs> yeah, I made he Bracky. slipped I made on Bracky. a wet spot. Dude, it looked like he passed out. It yeah. looked like he was breakdancing for a second. Mahomes, or, Mahomes, I don't know what he was doing. Mahomes stepped on a wet spot and really lost his footing and like was kind of falling backwards, and they mopped it up. And it looked, it looked funnier than heck. Uh, it was kind of silly. If if we still did really, bro, rest in peace. I think we just <laughs> – what do we have? Did we have two episodes? Did we just have a pilot for that? I, think I don't we, know. Just, we got into pilot season, and then uh, it got – Really, can- bro – yeah, really, bro. Happened once or twice. I think I killed, think we had two or three. We killed it, but if we still had really, bro, Devontae Mahomes blindly breakdancing would have been on there for sure. Um, all right, Christian Pauls. So yeah, my, yeah. Chance Marsteller. This is buzzing. This is buzzing. Like the a, new, like the newest, the, the newest development. Chance Marsteller tweets. That he's quitting. He's quitting wrestling. Now, I wouldn't take this as, like, a definitive press release from Chance Marsteller's agent that he's quitting. I don't know if it's 100%, but he tweeted that, you know, he's quitting. He tweeted, not a quitter, but I'm done with this sport and no longer needs me and I no longer will suffer from it. And, you know, read into that what you will. Um, You know, obviously things didn't work out at Oklahoma State. Um We'll see if that chapter is done with him. At, you know, maybe it's just a moment of, you know, of what? What's funny? It's not funny. What's funny is he tweets this and then a bunch of coaches follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. So we got to talk about this. They're this... going to slide into his DM. Hey, you want so to maybe think about taking so a visit? Since, since he tweeted this, um, Zeke Jones followed <laughs> Chance Marsteller. You're going to say names. 
Why, why not? It's right there. It's public knowledge. All right. Go for it. Who else did, bud? Well, the, I only saw these three. Um, Zeke, Tony Ramos, which wh- whatever. You know, he's not a coach. And then uh, Joel Greenlee, apparently, yeah. followed him. So who knows? Um, that, I would be I would be making contact, too. Hey. There will be multi. This is – and there are probably – Almost every coach in the country is going to try to see if they can All right, now give him that second chance. Let's get into the dynamics of this, right? Chance Marsteller, all-world blue chip recruit, has a pretty good redshirt season, uh, most notably at 65, most notably at the Southern Scuffle. Struggles at, you know, he had a good Fila juniors, made the finals there against Mark Hall. Um, did he not? Am I remembering that correctly? You're remembering that correctly at, at the trials. At the trials. Um, he beat Logan Massa there. So, you know, things are all right for Chance Marsteller. Um, this year they have the pound-for-pound pound number one guy at 165. Chance, we're going to have to ask you to drop the 57 where he's not really effective and not to not not for nothing you know not to just gloss over it but there has been rumors that there, there's some tough things in chance's life and, and um maybe it's not all on the mat stuff um but the sky is not falling chance yeah. the sky you're you're all right you're you're okay you're you're gonna be all right yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I completely agree. I think he could be fine. Maybe, you know, I don't think he needs um, a change of scenery necessarily. I'm not saying. I don't think so either. I, I'm not saying he should leave Oklahoma State and fi- he needs a fresh start. But, um, you know, he's not going to start this year. But you know what? Alex Daniels is going to be gone. They need you at 65. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to, I would like to think that there's a. There's a solution for him. I mean, I just want to see the kid get his education. And, right. and, and I don't want to see anyone leave the sport on what looks like really negative, with really negative feelings. I mean, that you know, sport doesn't need me. How much is it, how much is it a burnout? Like, okay, let's say. Or pressure related. Or pre- He's had yeah, the I pressure mean, since, since he if, came out. Right. Look, there has been there has been fifty pretty good college wrestlers quit this season that we don't even know about, right? There has been fifty, seventy-five. I don't know. I don't know what the number is, but there's been pretty decent recruits that are not lo- no longer on rosters right now, right? Or have gotten in trouble, or have burned out, and we're not talking about them, right? We're talking about Chance Marsteller because he was such and is such a big story, was such a big recruit, and you have to go through, um, you know, it's just like, it's just like uh, a high draft pick in football. Why do they work out? Why don't they work out? Why do they struggle? Why? What does it take for them to get over their struggles? Um, is Chance Marsteller burnout? Is Chance Marsteller just in the wrong situation? Um, is it, and I think that, here's another one too, is that, Chance Marsteller isn't bad. Um, right. Is it? Is it just that when you've 
kicked butt for so long and been a superstar, is there something between your ears that makes it really tough when you're when you're only winning 60% of your matches yeah. instead of 98% of your matches? I mean, he's an undefeated um, four-time state champion in Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, so, who's, he won his first title at, what, 52? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, I think 52. Something like that. Um. But if I, you know, Chance, if you're listening, you have my phone number, brother. Uh, you need anything, give me a holler. I'll, you know, I, I just don't – I don't think you're really at a point. I don't know what's going on with Chance Marsteller's life. Um, but I don't think things are as bad as you think they are. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I and, you know, good... in the moment, right, like we all have those moments where, like, things are bad and, like, it's easy to make that rush. But – Maybe just a little time away, a little time to think about it, and you know, you get a little more clarity, a little more perspective, and you know, we'll see, we'll see how. I mean, he slots in nice next year at sixty-five for the right. Cowboys. Right, right. They need him. They need him, and he, you know, he could, he could be a star. He could be a star at sixty-five. He could be an AA guy. Yep. Yep. I. uh for the for the thirty four time national champion, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, you know, it's not that bad of a gig. So we'll we'll see what happens, man. I'm I'm hoping, you know, maybe this is selfish. I want to see him wrestle. I want to see him wrestle D one. If that's Oklahoma State, if that's somewhere, maybe he heads back towards Pennsylvania where he's from. Maybe you know who knows where he goes. That he will have options. Knows, yeah, who knows how serious it is? Who knows if he's just shooting from the hip, just frustrated at the moment, and he tweet. You know, he tweeted what he, what he did. Um, I want to see the kid. I want to see Chance succeed. You know, at life, the kid has a great heart. Chance Marsteller is a great person. Yeah. Big heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Kind of a bummer, uh, dude. It really punched me in the gut because, like, first thing I do, I got up on Twitter and it was right there. It was like one of the first tweets in my feed, and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this is, this is crazy. It was sad, and um, you know, I'm hoping, hoping we get. I mean, the 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 online community is is a buzz right now with this news, and it's mm-hmm. it's big news, man. It's big, and I hope, uh, you know, and someone just tweets at me right now. You know, an article in the Stillwater Press claiming Marstell and Schaefer out the rest of the year for violating team rules. So, read into that yeah. what you will. Um, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. And maybe you know. So maybe he got in trouble, and maybe he's off the team for the rest of the year, or, or whatever the situation might be. But I still don't think that that precludes him. Uh, and maybe he's ticked off about that, you know. But that doesn't mean that you have to jump off that ledge. That doesn't mean that your career is over. Right. It doesn't mean you have to give up the sport. I mean, uh, it's tough, man, because. Um. You've seen the Chris Phillips and the Cody Gardners and the Garrett Scotts and um, you know Andrew Campolitano. These mega, these you know Nate Skinesny, these Destin these, McCauley, these right Destin McCauley, these superstars in high school that don't quite make it in college, and it happens in every sport. And um, y- you like to see that. 
you like to see that trend go down. You like to see the, the, the percentages of of guys go down. It's a tough sport, man. It's such a, a mental sport too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All things gotta be all systems go. So. Yeah, and here I uh, just to clarify, I am reading in the Stillwater News. According to Cowboy Coach John Smith, retro freshman Chance Marsteller has been OSU's regular wrestler at the weight, will be out for the rest of the year after violating team rules. Same with 197-pounder Austin Schaefer, which led to freshman Andrew Marsden having his redshirt pulled at the Southern Scuffle. So Schaefer and Marsteller are both gone for the year, and who knows, maybe that's gone forever from Oklahoma State. And maybe, you know, will they take him back next year? I don't know. Uh, a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Hopefully we get some more. Maybe we'll hear from Chance. I don't know. Um, and get a little more clarity on the situation. Um, but, yeah. It's kind of a – That's there's, Chance. There's not really um, not really anywhere else to go with it other than it's so early in, in this story. And I guess <gasps> I don't like kind of ending the show. Can you tell a, a knock-knock joke or something, Willie, to – I don't know. Tell us, tell us what the rest of the week is about, so we can have a little excitement. The rest of the week about is about. um, Well, Doug Schwab called out Donald Trump to take down, so that happened. Schwab mob. Schwab mob wants a shot at the at the at the Donald. So that's happening. Um, There's some big duels. I'm going to Eastern States this year, Uh, this weekend, I should say, more specifically. Big weekend coming up, and um, yeah, we'll get it in more than. I would like to think Willie that we can do this. Thursday. I'm leaving Thursday, but um, perhaps I can slot out. Uh, no, I, I fly. I fly to uh, Philadelphia the Dang. day before. No, it's actually two days before. Um, who's, who's number, number one? one duels, duels, which is going to be awesome. Uh, five of the top eight teams there in the country. Um, but that's on Saturday at the Palestra in Philly. I fly Thursday because I'm going oh. to get a Philly. So get you're, a Philly you're screwing this up. So one FRL this week? Unless you want to run it back tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Shoot. One. Maybe we, we can do it. We can do it Friday if you wanted to. I'll be at Eastern States. All right. Then we're only looking at one. I'm going to get a cheesesteak. I'm going to watch the world's worst franchise, 76ers, probably Thursday night. No way. You're going to go to a Sixers game? I mean, maybe I don't. They're know. gonna let you sit, dude. No one goes to those games. You could probably sit next to Joel Embiid. That's what I, dude. I looked it up. <laughs> the, the, there's not very many tickets left. I don't know. I don't understand it. They're playing the Bulls, who aren't great. Yeah, they're um, not that exciting. Right. So I don't know why the tickets are like that. I, I think I might probably just walk in. Um, yeah, you could probably do that. Just go go in go in like a, that's, a, that's one thing. a laundry Austin's, cart. Austin is amazing. Austin's awesome. Uh, and for but for whatever reason, and it's a big city, it's you know for whatever reason, there's no pro sports teams here. I think part of it has to do with you know the city. Number one, they're a bunch of uh, hippies. First of all, I don't know how much they get into the pro sports scene here. And number two, I think the town itself just they just want everything to be UT UT you know Longhorns. So what I'm saying is, I'm in a city with a pro sports franchise, and I have a night off. Sort of. So, why not go to a pro sporting event? I guess that's my. I thinking. hope you. I hope you do go, Willie. I hope you do go. Um, so on that seventy sixers note, and they are, <laughs> and they are a joke. So that is a, a kind of a, a decent spot to go out on. We thank you guys for listening to Flow Wrestling Radio Live. 
Um, we'll be coming at you again sometime soon. You never know. We might just go plot twist and run it back to back tomorrow, but no promises there. Um, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, five-star rating, um, and the whole shebang. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much. See you then.